Welcome to CTV News Trendline with Michael Stittle and Nick Nanos. And I want to say this to this country's friends all around the world. Many of you have worried that Canada has lost its compassionate and constructive voice in the world over the past 10 years. Well, I have a simple message for you. On behalf of 35 million Canadians, we're back. Nick, that was Justin Trudeau in 2015, fresh off of his uh, first election victory as leader of the Liberal Party. Uh, it's been a bumpy road since then. Uh, our, our global reputation uh, is something that we're going to talk about in this episode. Uh, I want to start with India and the, and the continuing, you know, worsening of relations there. After the prime minister raised allegations that the Indian government had a role in the killing of a Sikh activist, a Canadian citizen in British Columbia. Uh, you've done some uh, surveys on that. Yeah. And you know what, the, Michael, this isn't the first piece of turbulence with the government of India. If you remember, there was like a trip. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't we want to, was it a vacation, a trip, whatever you want to call it, with the uh, wardrobe uh, malfunction, no, maybe not mm -hmm. a malfunction, wardrobe thing, whatever it is, that didn't go too well. But, you know, right now, you know, with the uh, allegations that the government of India was behind the murder of a Canadian citizen in British Columbia, it, it the Canada-India file has basically just blown up. The good news for the government, there's good news and bad news. Why don't we say that? The good news for the government is that, you know, a majority of Canadians believe or somewhat believe uh, the prime minister and the intelligence reports uh, that uh, suggest that the government of India was behind this. That's the good news. The bad news is that, at least bad news if you're the government, that a majority of Canadians would actually like to see tensions diminished or decreased, about 57%, um, while 26%, only a minority, one out of every four, would like to see increased tensions uh, with India. And another 11% said, you know what, we should be patient and, and do nothing. So you know, what's clear is that, you know, Canadians understand that there's a problem in the relationship between the government of Canada and the government of India. Uh, they believe the allegations, but uh, they're not hot on being strident and uh, increasing tension with India, and that they're probably more likely to want to see tensions decrease with a greater focus on diplomatic relations and solutions. Hmm. Uh, and we're still having some fallout from the, the House Speaker scandal when a uh, Ukrainian veteran who fought for a Nazi unit during the Second World War was invited into Parliament. Uh, you also uh, surveyed Canadians on whether that had an impact. Yeah, who would have thought, Michael, that we'd use the Nazi word in our podcast, but go figure. Anyways, uh, we did a survey, and this had to do with the introduction or recognition of a Ukrainian uh, war veteran who was affiliated with the Waffen-SS, who was recognized, uh, I want to just say ironically or embarrassingly, at the mm -hmm. same time that uh, Zelensky, the leader of the Ukraine, was in the House of Commons. Um, Canadians know that this is a problem. Actually, you know, what's interesting is that 48% think that it's, it's had a major impact on Canada's reputation around the world, 39% a minor impact. One out of every 10 or 9% say, hey, you know what, no issue, no impact, no nothing. So, you know, what the, the key takeaway here is that for an opportunity to showcase the Canada-Ukraine 
relationship and the support that the government of Canada and Canadians have for Ukraine in their fight against Russia. This was a massive embarrassment and a distraction because, hey, Michael, do you remember what was talked about in terms of stuff? Nope. Because mm. what happened was as soon as that, uh, as soon as this controversy broke, it basically knocked uh, the message that Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government probably wanted to send. It basically punted it right out the door. And the other thing is that it's now associated with the Liberals and Justin Trudeau. You know, if we look at the past. Paul Martin uh, didn't initiate the advertising scandal, but he initiated Gomery. And the more he talked about it, the more Canadians associated the advertising scandal with him and his party and his government. And he lost. And uh, the more Justin Trudeau talks about this, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about this at all. He just wants it to go away. But whenever he talks about this, it just strengthens the connection of the controversy, even though it was the speaker's fault between the Liberals and what happened. Nick, I, I think, you know, most Canadians like to see us as having a, a global voice uh, for for peace, uh, given our peacekeeping record, uh, given all, all these, you know, recent incidents and, and the, the current war raging in, you know, between Israel and Hamas. Um, what is Canada's role now? I mean, what, what sort of voice do we have? Well, in the past, it was like, uh, what do we call it, Canada Classic? It's going on like the Blue Helmet, United Nations and Cyprus and stuff like that, peacekeepers. Uh, there's not a lot of that going on right now. Uh, and, you know, even when we look at an issue, uh, now the current foreign policy, biggest, I shouldn't say biggest, but the current big new foreign policy challenge relates to the conflict between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza mm -hmm. Strip. Uh, you know, the big question is, is what's Canada going to do on that? There's probably, you know, there are a number of options. There's obviously room for humanitarian support, which is always welcome in these situations that are just tragic on all sides. Uh, uh, the big question is, is would we take, if there if there was a humanitarian dimension to this, uh, would we take Palestinians as refugees in the same way we took Syrians as, as refugees? It's going to be interesting to see how the government wants to play this, but it's pretty tricky. This is a this is a much this is a very tricky issue to deal with because of the Hamas attack and the implications of that attack and what was involved in that, and also just the general relationship between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Hmm. Uh, so going back to Trudeau's declaration in 2015, that Canada's back. What's what's your current take? I don't think so. You know, like, let's face it, we've annoyed China, so we're not on good terms with China. We've definitely annoyed India because we basically accused them of murdering a Canadian citizen. Um, you know, even countries like Japan, we annoyed them during the, if you remember, during the Trans-Pacific Partnership negotiations, we wanted to, at the last minute, add a EDI a component, which uh, my understanding, at least from what I read in the news, annoyed the Japanese because it was a last minute change that the Canadians wanted to see. So, you know, if you take our relationship with China and India and put those on the ropes, you know, we have a, a positive relationship with the United States. Uh, why don't we just say quasi positive because Biden's not doing us any favors. He's focused on his domestic agenda. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, I think it would be difficult to argue that Canada is back. I think it would probably be easier to argue that we are having difficulty navigating in this new world where either superpowers or major economic powers like China and India, uh, we have, you know, not just frosty, but negative relations with them. 
Nick, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the issue of housing in Canada and also support for Jagmeet Singh. Super. Nick, you do weekly tracking of the issues that matter most to Canadians, and where does housing fit in lately? Top tier, Michael, top tier. You know, in the latest uh, weekly tracking on the top unprompted national issue of concern, inflation is number one numerically at 18%, followed by housing at 14 So pretty close between those two. Jobs in the economy at 11 Healthcare is at eight. The environment's at eight. Those have been trending down in the last uh, four to eight weeks as Canadians are increasingly focused on economic issues with housing and inflation basically being at the top of the list. I know um, housing is usually, uh, you know, uh, in the jurisdiction of local governments, provincial governments, uh, not necessarily the federal government, although the federal government can have an impact. Uh, all that said, you've also surveyed Canadians on on who they trust to uh, to best handle this issue. Yeah, not good news for the Liberals, who are the current government right now. They trail both the New Democrats and the Conservatives on who Canadians trust on the housing front. NDP numerically ahead, but within the margin of error with the Conservatives, 26-25. But, you know, check out the trend line, Michael. The NDP are up four points on the trust front uh, compared to before. The other thing that's important to note is 19% say, or one out of every five, I don't trust anyone. And another 6% are unsure. So I guess you roll those up. One out of every four Canadians say a pox on you all. We don't trust anyone or unsure who to trust on mm. the housing front. But, you know, if the Liberals at 16, they're basically nine to 10 points back of the other two parties, probably explains why they created this new Minister of Housing, because housing is not a federal responsibility. It's more the focus on the provinces and municipalities, probably speaks to the Liberals wanting to lay groundwork for them to engage on the housing file so that they don't get hammered or are at a disadvantage compared to both the New Democrats and the Conservatives. Now, Nick, in, in terms of, you know, major cities like Vancouver, Toronto, et cetera, uh, we're definitely in a housing crisis. There's a lot of people who need homes. Uh, I I would think that the federal NDP would be front and center in this, uh, in this issue, but I, I haven't seen a lot of traction uh, coming from that party and, you know, taking hold with Canadians. Yeah. Well, you know, the NDP numbers have been general. They've been decent, for sure. Mm -hmm. Decent and competitive, you know, in the low 20s, which, you know, if the Liberals are in the mid 20s and the NDP are in the low 20s, that's actually not a bad place to be. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that it, it looks like the the NDP want to firmly focus on health care issues. Right. They had the dental plan right before mm -hmm. that they managed to, to pass. And Jagmeet Singh has come out of his convention and said that uh, he wants to focus on pharmacare. Um, but hey, we were just saying, when we look at the top unprompted national issue of concern, healthcare is a top issue for eight, count it, eight percent of uh, Canadians, and it trails inflation and housing. Mm. So, you know, for the New Democrats, I'm a bit surprised that they're not focused on housing because it could be a natural for them talking about social housing, helping Canadians pay for the rent and stuff like that. But not so much. It's like they dusted off like last year's plan. You know, there's mm. kind of like they, they, it's like the master plan for the NDP. Yes, <laughs> we will first start with dental care and then we will go to pharmacare, everything with care in it. Uh, and they didn't think, hey, is anybody looking at the numbers? Because pharmacare is last year's issue. It's very important. Mm -hmm. But compared to what is relevant today, people are worried about paying for the rent in the next 30 days. 
Uh, and also at the, at the NDP conference, uh, 81% of delegates voted uh, to support Jagmeet Singh and not hold a, a leadership review. Is is 81% on the on the high side, on the low side of the NDP? And, and, and what does that mean for uh, Singh's future as leader? Hey, come on, Michael. If, if, if our kids came home with an 81% on their <laughs> math test, it would be like an A-. We it would be really diss- good for me, yeah. We can't be dissing an 81% score for Jagmeet Skit- Singh. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, what it shows is that he has the support of the party currently, and he will be the leader going into the next election. He doesn't have to worry about any grumblings. That said, you know, how many times can the guy not move the numbers? New Democrats elected him with a lot of hope. I think what they thought, and remember, you know, he's from Ontario, came out of provincial politics, is in the Brampton, Mississauga area. Uh, I think for a lot of new Democrats, they thought when they elected him leader that he would help with a breakthrough in Ontario and specifically in the Brampton, Mississauga, and then pick up more seats. We haven't seen the breakthrough because most of those seats are either liberal or conservative, conservative provincially, liberal federally. So we haven't seen a lot of movement on that. Mm. I think there's going to be increasing pressure because, you know, for the new Democrats, can, can I just say they they are the least likely to knife their leader. Like for the conservatives, yeah. for the conservatives, like, congratulations, you're leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Let me pull out this knife. And <laughs> Or liberals have been known to turf their leader. John mm-hmm. Turner uh, had to deal with uh, with leadership issues. And, you know, even Jean Chrétien, who was very successful, you know, politically, both internally and externally within the party, uh, was uh, gently pushed out by the Paul Martin people. So, but, you know, the New Democrats, they seem to kind of let their leaders go and go and go. But it's got to end sometime if he can't deliver. And I think this is the election where Jagmeet Singh, there'll probably be more pressure on him than ever to win some more seats. He doesn't have to make he doesn't have to be the opposition, but just win more seats and uh, punch above his weight politically. Yeah, the, the big question is, that, is the NDP has this uh, governing deal with the Liberals. It's supposed to last until... 2025 uh do you think that will still last that long nick or do you think uh yeah. they'll no way no. no way that's gonna last till 2025 okay um uh, i don't know i was just gonna say it we were i thought maybe we'd make a little bet on like me eating <laughs> baseball cap or something mm. uh eating crow uh if if the ndp go to go, keep this arrangement alive to the very 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 end mm. and i'll tell you why michael because if the NDP keep this alive to the very end, they're done. Because they're, they're, you, know, you can't one day support a government and the next day run against them. There has to be a bit of a cooling off period. So I would expect that at some point, Jagmeet Singh is going to pull the plug on the arrangement, however, not defeat the Liberals or mm. trigger an election. Uh, and that he'll want 90 days, you know, three months, four months, five months, six months to... Uh, dangle Justin Trudeau and the Liberals on a little string. It would be kind of like, oh, yes, we're not supporting you anymore and show up to work every day and we'll tell you whether we're going to support you on a particular bill. Kind of like, what do we call this orange water torture? Orange juice torture? Anyways, <laughs> torture, torture, <laughs> parliamentary torture for the mm. uh, uh, for the Liberals. And uh, the other thing, Michael, one prediction that I do have is that as soon as the new Democrats do end their parliamentary arrangement without triggering an election, tick tock, the countdown will happen to an election actually happening. Mm. Nick, I am definitely not 
betting against you. Uh, and you I think we should leave it. No way. I think we should leave it there. Okay. Uh, Nate, as always, thank you very much. Take it easy.